Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast where we cover magic, herbalism, and more. I'm Nick. And I'm Shannon. And we are your co-hosts. And it's my birthday, so that's the episode. Happy birthday, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you believe I'm going to be 22? I can't. Look, you know, 21 was an excellent year. Um, I can't believe we started this podcast when we were fetuses. <laughs> and this episode 120 is coming on your 22nd birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm so glad you were born. Oh, and yeah. One of the best things that ever happened to me personally um, I was still in the was, Bloom Lounge. It was a big deal for you. It was a big it deal was, for you. <laughs> it was a very big deal for me. Um, you know, I was like, well, I guess I wasn't in the pre-womb lounge. I would have been in the womb. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, just chilling, waiting for my uh, future bestie and I to be able to meet. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited though. Like, y'all, it's, it's airy season. It's spring. It's finally stopped raining for fucking five minutes in Los Angeles. So it actually like feels a little springy. Um, I got in the garden last week and this, well, last week, yesterday, I guess last week, technically, because it is Sunday when we're recording this and that was on Saturday. But anyway, Nick, when did you feel magical this week? Um, well, because I am just a little weirdo who um, is obsessed with my patio wasps, I'm going to say the number one time I felt the magic this week was when um, my really, really special wasp that has the worst placed nest um, did, did have an egg. I love it. No, because it's literally sideways at face level next to a chair. Okay. So it's kind of cool because you can sit there and watch them do their business. But, you know, I feel like if I ever had a guest over, that would be slightly uncomfortable for them. Yeah, only if they're lame. I feel like that's actually, I mean, it's like that and their sword over the doorway are good indicators of whether or not someone should be allowed to come back. Truly, truly, truly. Um, but, you know, apart from that, it has been a little gloomy here in Austin, Texas. We're having one of those springs, and it's like it's good, you know, fucking lakes and reservoirs or whatever to get all this rain. And it's great for the wildflowers when I'm actually able to go out and see them. Yeah, but it's it's still damp. But a fifty percent chance of rain on my birthday when I'm planning a picnic. Okay, but are you still gonna take like eighty shots of wine? Inquiring minds need to know. Um, <laughs> well, oh, you know, I'm not trying to live to 112. I mean, but the thing is, with your genetics, I don't know that you have a choice. <laughs> um, I mean, fair. I am French, and they do drink a lot of wine. So, yeah, I could live. I could live to be a centenarian. But no, I will. I will drink a sensible 68 shots of wine. Okay, that's very sensible. And look, that's what happens when you turn 22. Um, you really just like grow into your own. Yeah, yeah. My uh, brain's almost done developing. Almost, you're so close. Look at your prefrontal cortex. <laughs> it's trying to myelinate. Um, I love that. Well, for me, I mean, look, it's been real wet in Los Angeles this spring. Um, anyone who like has looked at the news knows it's been like really crazy rainy here. But yesterday I was able to like put on a tank top and get in the garden because it was 68 degrees and I was in the sun and I put on so much zinc sunscreen. I looked like a fucking phantom. Like that and... picture of Mark Zuckerberg on his um like paddleboard or whatever. Exactly, exactly. That was me, but I was deadheading my zinnias and when i moved a few of my pots there were earthworms under them which i relocated back into the garden beds and i have multiple daffodils and tulip uh, tulips coming up right now and it was just like it was beautiful but the thing that was the most magical to me was a few years ago 
I planted some oats and like nothing happened with it. And I just assumed it was because the squirrels here are monsters and they probably just like ate the oats that I had spread out. Um, but I have oats coming up now. <laughs> so I have oats. So this fall I'll be getting my own milky oat tops. But it was just like being able to feel the warm sun on my skin after coming through this like really crazy dark period, uh, both literally with the weather and figuratively with my life was really, really nice. Like it was, it was magical. It was magical, truly. Well, love that. So yeah, we're doing a little bit of a looser episode this week because, um, because in, in honor, well, I guess, in recognition of the fact that I have not had a day off all week because I took time off for my birthday, um, we're kind of like recording after a pretty late night for me. And, yeah. um, and it's your birthday. Like, it's, like you it's, shouldn't it's, have yeah. to work for your birthday. No. So we're kind of like revamping the Aries episode this week, which yeah. I think, you know, we should link because I think anyone who's been listening, anyone who's a day one girly, we did start to do magic for the zodiac signs with Aries last year. Uh, maybe two years ago. Yeah, because this is episode one hundred and twenty. <clears throat> so maybe it was two years ago, but I, but we did do it, and then we never did any of the other signs. So um, you know, link back to that one. Sure, I can do that. Um, I, cause I feel like that one was good. And so we're going to restart We're I guess we're announcing that we're restarting it, but then, um, in, st- in lieu of that, because we already did it, this is my birthday episode. Yeah. I think that it's going to be fun. You know, we had started it and then at the time it was like the episodes weren't really popular, but now we've got so much content that like people have also started. It seems like those episodes have been re-downloaded a lot so we want to give the people what we want to give you Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, in classic fiery bitch fashion we're like this is what we want so we're giving it to you you're welcome i will say we are very very close right now to it being as much as it can be like my birth chart so like right now um sun and mercury are in aries I know Venus just went into Taurus. Yep. And Mars is currently in Cancer. So that's like my big four. Um, the moon was in Sagittarius a few days ago, but you know, y'all know that happens so quick. Like those transits, yeah. are re- those transits are really short. And can we just say how hot it is when Venus is in Taurus? It really is. Um, it Everything's really is. beautiful and sexy. It, well, you know, and I... It's one. It's my favorite placement because the Mars in Cancer is truly like such a stumbling block with all of that great like fire and earth energy to just have my little Mars and my little wet Mars. Your little soft boy Mars. Yeah. Well, it's well. We love it. You gotta. You gotta have a, a soft placement. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like both of us have lava charts and I have a fucking moon in Pisces. So it's like we both right. have them, those placements that are like one of these things. It's not like <laughs> the others. <laughs> no, truly, yeah. Um, um, and so that, that's definitely, definitely me with my little Cancer Mars. But also I've been feeling the Cancer Mars. I'm like, I'm such, I'm okay. I'm such a little sad boy around my birthday. I feel like this happens every year um, where I'm just like, a, like since I turned, 25 truly i'm like what is the point of getting older one step closer to the grave ah yeah i mean it's definitely a reminder of your mortality (laughs) i've been feeling that more since i started working at an elementary school and realizing how um how uncool i am although i think that uh i officially have like a friend at the school who's in he's in first grade because purple is his favorite color as he said because lebron james and he really Mm. likes my hair because so i was like okay hello fellow kids like look at me i'm popular with this first grader that's really cool um (laughs) well i just think it's like it is so much more rewarding to be cool to a child like i remember that from when i had blue hair too like weirdly enough something about the colored hair 
But oh like, my God, kids love it. But like kids would be like, oh, I love your hair. That's so cool. And it's like, thank you so much. Like if someone like, like a grown ass person is like, oh, I love your hair. That's so cool. It's like, whoa, back up. I'm just trying to like. I'm trying to live my life. What are you I'm doing? trying to live my life. I'm waiting for my coffee. Like, yeah. But when kids do it, you're just like, ah, yeah, it is. You're right, child. You're you're correct. You are correct. Um, but let's like, I want to kind of kick off the episode. I'm gonna talk about fever few because then I feel like this is our slightly more like firmed up topic, and then we can just like get into the Aries party because y'all like we know Aries rules the head, right? Mm -hmm. It's a thing. Uh, people with strong Aries placements, like our darling Nicholas here, uh, tend to have headaches. Like, being prone to headaches is a very, like, strong Aries placement thing. So I wanted to talk about fever for you today because it is, like, super good for migraines. Um, but interestingly, like, historically, this is a plant that was associated with womb health. And actually, it's, like, it's, over it's it's ruled by venus which is interesting so i got um y'all might remember i got culpepper's herbal which is is great because it's a compendium of herbs and their uses annotated for modern herbalists healers and witches um but the i just want to like read the government and virtues like first sentence from culpepper <laughs> venus commands this herb and has commended it to secure her sisters and to be a general strengthener of their wombs and remedies such affirmities as a careless midwife hath their cause, if they will be but pleased to make use of her herb boiled in white wine and drink the decoction. It cleanses the womb, expels the afterbirth, and doth a woman all the good she can desire of an herb. And if any grumble because they cannot get the herb in winter, tell them, if they please, they may make a syrup of it in the summer. It is chiefly used for the disease of the mother, whether it be strangling or rising of the mother or hardness or inflammation of the same applied outwardly thereunto. Um, <laughs> I, I, like, I do love that it's white wine. Yeah. Can we talk about making um, white wine tea? Because that seems to be what Culpepper is suggesting with this. Well, and it um, sounds like a like a mulled white wine. Yeah. With feverfew. With feverfew. Although I did want to say up top that feverfew is a character in the Keys to the Kingdom series by Garth Nix, who is an immortal pirate who the only way to kill him is to remove his head and throw it into a primordial void. Cute. Well. That's not going to be a thing you have to do to make any uh, decoction with Feverfew IRL, which is good. I just wanted to say it's a, it's a cool name. It is a really cool name. In, in my head, it's a cool name. But, like, it also has, like, other cool common names, right? So, like, we've got Feverfew, which, you know, fine. There's also Featherfoil, uh, Featherfowl, some feather stuff. All right. But my favorite, Flirtroot, Flirtwort, and Nosebleed. Okay, but when you flirt so hard, you get a nosebleed. I'm like, okay, Venus, like, what are you doing here, baby girl? Um, these are in like the Asteraceae family. They're native to the Balkan Peninsula, and the flowers look so much like chamomile that it's like kind of difficult to distinguish the two when you're foraging. Um, the leaves are a bit more feather-like than like the thinner leaves you get with chamomile. Um, feverfew also looks like tansy. So, you know, like be careful if you're foraging, make sure you have what you think you have. Um, they do have those like chamomile like flowers. One thing that I feel like is, is a little different is, you know, how chamomile has a more bulbous like center that's like a little more cone like with the flower petals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? Almost kind of strawberry shaped. Yeah. So one of the things Feverview Feverview is called is like bachelor's buttons because they're they're a little bit more daisy like. So that's one way you can kind of like think about it. Um, but Feverview does have like white flowers, yellow centers, hairy stem. But something else that's interesting is that the flowers smell really bitter, which we know chamomile is bitter. But bees will actually avoid Feverview. Oh. Right. Interesting. Um, but also, unlike chamomile, 
the medicine for feverfew is primarily in the leaves. So it's really easy to grow as long as you have like a place with good sunlight, decent soil. The seeds are super small, like chamomile. So you might want to start it in a container. That way you just have like a way to keep an eye on it. Because I don't know if any of y'all have tried to like grow tiny seeds directly in your garden. There's this thing called wind and it can move them around depending on like how dry the topsoil is. Um, again, it doesn't well, bother also, me, but. I also would say, I feel like, you know, having like a spot of open soil in your garden and then throwing some tiny seeds on there. It might be kind of hard to tell like what's what you're trying to grow and what is something that you have just tilled up. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting problem. I mean, famously, I have a chaos garden, so I'm kind of like, Meh, whatever, what happens, happens. Um, but, you know, I feel like I, a lot of people in Austin have that same kind of like garden planning, too. Yeah, I'm definitely a chaos. Which I love. I, I do love like. When someone's got a yard that just has like a loose, like a loose collection of like tulips and shit in one corner, and like a tomato plant, and like you know, just like, just what, whatever, wherever. You're just describing my garden. I sent some pictures to um a friend of mine, and I think I might have sent them to you too. I grew this nasturtium this year that's like beautiful yellow with like orange stripes. Um, but I've got that. And then there's some giant flower coming up in there and I have no idea. What <clears throat> I'm just like waiting. It's it's like almost sunflower height at this point. Like it's getting like up to my thigh, but it has multiple flower buds on the head. I have no idea what this is going to be. So I'll keep you posted. That's the fun of a chaos garden. I'm like, this is where my ADHD comes to shine because it's like, you know, when you order stuff and forget what you ordered, I plant stuff and forget what I planted. So it's like, we'll see what this is. <laughs> Fun times. Um, anyway, it can be like a little bit tricky to identify uh, fever few, like we discussed, but it's, it's like not just the visual cues that are cumbersome. So this little plant actually has been called several things throughout time. It has had five Latin names alone. So there's Chrysanthemum parthenium, um, perithrum parthenium, and matricaria perithrum are like just three examples, but it's also been categorized in five different genera. So you get the picture, right? Um, it's been really visible though on the public herbal stage in the Western practice since like the 70s. So there's a lot of selection of like scientific studies to reference and really like the thing that it's used for now more than anything is headache treatment. So it's one of those that's like really great for migraines and fever. So one of the things that um, that I think is interesting about this is the way that its uses have shifted. But again, it's like you can make it into teas. You can make it into like a decoction. You can make it into like a syrup you can make it into any sort of like tincture to save it the flowers um come out in like the months of june and july so just keep an eye on that because remember when you're trying to get the medicinal value out of leaves you usually want to try and get them before the plant flowers so you're gonna actually want to be harvesting the leaves of this guy like a little bit earlier in the season um, and again, you can dry them. I think that this is a great candidate, though, for making um, tinctures out of just because it is kind of like a short time frame when you can really get after the leaves. So that would be like my suggestion for it. Another way that I've seen it used, though, in addition to like headaches and fever, um, you can use it for rheumatism. So because it's like got those strong anti-inflammatory properties, um, it's also like a vasodilator and an antispasmodic. So one of the ways that some people use it is in foot soaks. I'm like, Nick, picture this. <clears throat> you come home from working that fucking like dinner with 200 people. You could make a flower foot soak, including our friend Feverfew, to help reduce the swelling and relax the muscles in your feet while you drink a mold Feverfew wine. Which, again, I'm literally drinking a glass of white wine right now. So I mean, I, that's, 
that's on my radar. I have been yeah. so into white wine this year. Like this has been a banner it's the white year. Wine time. It's it's been a banner year for Sauvignon Blanc makers across the world because I am buying it. I mean, when Nick buys it, y'all know that it's good. Um, so anyway, that's I mean, that's really about what I have for it today. Again, it's ruled by Venus. It's really heavily associated with like the quote unquote feminine. So I think it's like it's a great plant to use if you're wanting to do sort of like self-love magic. And I think the idea of like a floor, like making a foot soak using pretty flowers is such a good like self-love moment. I'm, I'm here for it because guys, you got to take care of your feet. Like it's not sexy, but it's probably one of the most important things you can do for your health, like just your general health. So I, I love a flower foot soak. I also love the idea of using the flowers as like offerings around things like Ostara, even, well, I guess really Beltane, if we're thinking about it flowering in June and July, depending on where you live in the country, like you could make a pretty little, uh, a pretty little bouquet of them. Some people get contact dermatitis because the stems are hairy. So if you're going to like use the flowers as an offering, some people wear gloves when they're harvesting, your mileage may vary. Like Contact dermatitis and gardening is something that's really hard to predict. Some people get it with like tomatoes even. So, you know, get to know your own skin. Uh, be careful. But they're they're so pretty. And like, I'm going to show Nick this picture. Like, look at this cute little drawing. Oh, I mean, that is really cute. It's a cute flower. It's a really cute flower. So I love the idea of drying some feverfew and some tansy and some chamomile to do a lookalike foot soap. That's like my fun suggestion to do with it um but yeah so uh, today i use like gardeningknowhow.com the herbarium culpepper's complete herbal um my general brain because i've done a lot of herbal study at this point so that's really it i mean it's kind of short and sweet because this is the nick episode um mostly i just want to like get nick to use fever few because i think it will be good for you yeah i like it's like it's like targeted at me it's like targeted yeah. advertising. And I'm here for this is a no, targeted because, segment. <laughs> because girl, I do be getting headaches. Yeah. You do be getting headaches, but you also do be working on your feet. And I'm like, Both. I want you to take care of your feet and your head. Also, I, also I do think it's funny that the, the most recent shirt I wore is right here and it's kind of giving. Oh my like, god, yes! The uh, fever few and chamomile. It's, it's giving fever few. So I love it. Um, I love like literally it. right at hand. I didn't even have to leave the screen. Like it's yeah, uh, it's right there. That's right there. That's also one of my favorite shirts. Um, I mean, it is one of your best. I little white say. flowers, and it was ten dollars at Ross. Dress for less because at Ross, one can dress for less. It's indeed. true. It's true. <laughs> Um, no, that is one thing, since we're going to be talking about my birthday now, um, that I love about being in my 30s is that I, I no longer feel compelled to, like, go to an Urban Outfitters and try to be trendy. No, I can, you like I, what you like. I can go to Ross and I can pick out a floral button-up. My closet is full of floral print button-ups, the most basic thing a gay man in his 30s can wear. But can I just say, it's the evolution from the Hawaiian shirt of your youth. No, it is. It's like, it's... I, this I is your Pokemon evolution. It's my Pokemon evolution. Um, I just love a button-up. I love a short sleeve button-up shirt. But also, can I say that you have the perfect, like, frame for a button-up? Like, Nick is built perfectly for one because you've got that, like, gorgeous, like, shoulder breadth that's like not overbearing like you get with some two oh no i have i have a perfect body for a button i have a, i have a nice clavicle too nick does have a good your decolletage is no, everything i have a nice clavicle i have the chest tattoo um i've never 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 grown chest hair not i personally think chest hair is hot but i do think like the kind of bare chest with a tattoo is like an alt version of chest hair. Oh, it's its own kind of sexy. Like it's it, like it kind of takes the the place as far as yeah. like chest decoration. It gives the eyes something to enjoy. Mm -hmm. But you do have like I don't know. I feel like there's something about like 
you've all you also have really nice shoulders. Well, that's because I spent my entire childhood swimming. Well, okay, that'll do it. But also, we're saying Nick is pretty, y'all. No, no, no. I, I, and, and I'm, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing because I am. I love it. And I'm, You're I'm just Aries saying with that Taurus Venus. I'm saying though, the reason that my shoulders are nice shoulders is because literally every single summer, from literally since I was like in first grade, I would go to the pool every single day that I could. Yeah, I mean, what else do you do in the summer in Granbury as a kid? Um, truly, the the Arrowhead Shores pool only charged like twenty bucks for a season pass too. I mean, it would have been an outrage if they tried to charge more. Let's be honest. Well, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. But, you, but you know, the grit, like the city pool with the water slide. Oh, the Dana Vollmer pool now. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Dana Vollmer pool. Um, with not a great water slide. Let's be honest. No, no, no. No, I, I, I'm just saying it has a water slide. It does have a water slide, technically. It does have a water slide. And it's not like a very good water slide. It, it's not smooth enough. So you often get stuck in the turn until another child comes down and hits you. Yeah. There's not enough water flow either. Because it's like low flow. And then the, the, you know, the like fiberglass or whatever it's made of is like not very smooth anymore. It's a mess. Well, it kind of, it kind of is giving like Schlitterbahn almost because I thought Schlitterbahn was going to be so cool and everything there is like a million years old. It's because we're from DFW. So we never really went to Schlitterbahn on the reg because we had Hurricane Harbor. Yeah. And which, which most of that stuff was like built when we were going like around yeah. that time. It was like brand new stuff. So. And so Schlitterbahn was this like mystery water park, and then we went and we're just like, wait, really? Like, like everything, that's... everything from Schlitterbahn is like built in the sixties and seventies, and that's not the worst thing in the world. But um, hello, it's yeah. like it's the twenty twenties. So, can we talk real quick though about look at my new cute pipe? Oh my god, that's she's an alien. That's Gorgina with like six she's eyes. Gorgina. Yeah, my and... little spider pipe although okay so i was watching that tiktok saga almost every single night of the oh my god the tarantulas trying, the tarantulas trying to me which um y'all sometimes i get the best series of text messages from nick and it just makes me so happy because i wake up to a bunch of pictures of tarantulas uh <laughs> i'm like all righty i didn't know that i needed this in my life but here we are no it's so funny because it's like I will be out on my patio watching TikToks, whatever, you know, I'm a, I live in the modern era, right? But there was this period of time where every single night I was getting this one that was a live feed of a guy trying to get his tarantulas to mate with each other. And I was captivated by the drama of it. It's a modern romance. It Let's really, it really is a modern romance, but also it is one of those things where I'm like, I would, if I lived alone, I would add and had, well, I mean, I'm making a lot more money now than the last time I was living alone. That's true. Which I think it's funny to just kind of realize, like, when, like, when I was living alone for the first time, I was truly making, like, less than $2,000 a month and somehow was like paying for an apartment by myself in Austin. Oh my God. Eric and I have had this conversation about how what broke looks like has changed a lot for us. Right. And I'm like, oh, yikes. Like, how did we not die in our early 20s? I think about it so much. I truly think about it so much where I'm like, yeah, I had that apartment and I was literally like empty fridge. There would maybe be like peanut butter and jelly stuff and ramen most yeah. of the time. But like I would eat like one good meal a week, you know? Yeah, and you just made it last. Right, right, right. You'd go um, to that H-E-B that somehow always smelled like raw sewage. Oh, God. That's a bad H-E-B. It's a bad H-E-B. Runberg and deserves a better H-E-B. Runberg does deserve a better H-E-B. And they did, I will say, 
give it a bit of a birthday over pandemic times. Oh, well, that's good. It needed Actually, it. Most of the HEBs had a bit of a birthday over pandemic times because they all had to expand their curbside service in a major way. Yeah. Which basically meant that they had to redo the each of the all of the stores. So I mean, you know, it's like I I'm not sure how many listeners we actually have from Austin, but like, yeah, that's been a thing for like the last two years was that every H E B was like somehow under construction at the same time. Yeah, Texas man. Um, but yeah, all of that to say, they also need a better library over there. Yes, because yes, the people they there, because the people there use the library, and not to get on my soapbox, like what soapbox I do have, but the good libraries should be in the neighborhoods that where, use them. That use them, not fucking downtown. Yeah. No one who lives in the old power plant condos is going to that library. No, they need like Renberg needs a good library. Like Renberg needs a good library. But all that to say, y'all, only 5% of people, I found out only 5% of people in the country have like a library card to their public library. And of our listeners, that should be 100% if it's not already. Like, get a library card. Well, no, because if you get a library card, like, especially in most major cities now, you do get access to, like, audio. You can get, like, this these online access to a lot of other free resources. It's, like, all of the libraries have kind of pooled what they have for, like, audiobooks in digital formats. You can get, there's, like, a library streaming service that's all, like, educational yeah. stuff. Um, and a lot of times their funding is tied to membership. So get a library card. Truly, truly, truly. No, I love that we're using my birthday segment to tell people to get a library card because that feels very appropriate. Yeah. It does well, because I've always been a huge patron of the public library. Yeah. Um, I had a library card to the Granberry Library. Oh, yeah, like, I did too. Like like separate from going to the school library. I would go to the city library. Yeah, I always really liked the city library, and it was pretty close to Babes. Oh, sure, yeah. Which helped. Um, but yeah, I have my LA Public Library card. Can we can we talk about actually how the Granberry Library is suspiciously nice for what Granberry is? Yeah, a place where clearly not a lot of people are actually reading. No, truly, truly, and it would never be like busy. But I no, just mean like never. But I just mean like the building itself, like the collection of stuff that they have. Everything was like nice and really fresh and like the computers were really good when we were growing up. I my suspicion is it's because there are so many old people in Granbury. I think so. I think so. Well, for two reasons. Um, old people use the library to get on the computer. Well, back in the day. Old people Back in the day, use the yeah. library for like the two or three times a year that they needed to get on the computer, um, which I, I, I mean, I did that. Yeah, I find it charming. It's it's a, it was a simpler time. I remember when I lived on Runberg, I would go to the library to check my OkCupid because I refused to have internet at home because I'm fucking Amish. Yeah, um, I definitely had a bohemian phase and then Eric and I ended up living together because when Eric moved in, I was like, I'm just not going to have technology here. I'm like not going to get a TV because I'm a hippie. And that didn't last once my RTF boyfriend and I were living and together. Then you, and then you got like a big ass flat screen and you never have looked back. No. And you know what? I just lost. We just got rid of that flat screen. Like we at the beginning of the pandemic, I had had that TV for like. 10 years almost but you know what i will say is that y'all still don't have a bedroom tv right nope you know you're keeping that balance because i i definitely went from being like i'm gonna have a shitty analog television and a dvd player truly um to i have a bedroom tv but you also have a roommate and i feel like that might have more to do with it than you being like a technology lover suddenly fair enough you know what thank you for validating that thank you for validating that um 
I also have like a full chair in my bedroom because yeah. of the because it needs oh. to be my living room sometimes. I mean, you can see this because um, anyone who's on here, I'm like my book stack next to my bed <laughs> keeps growing. It's so big. There's so many books. Oh, speaking of which, um, I don't have I plugged the have I plugged the night in its moon on this podcast yet? Oh my god, I almost bought that yesterday, but you haven't. No, is it good? You like it? Oh, I do like it. I do like it. I'm on page um 51. Night in its moon. So one of my favorite things on the internet is they do they have this uh lady, Piper CJ, who does folklore tiktoks and she has a master's in folklore and she kind of explains like mothman and the fae and like all of these folklorical kind of creatures and also in such an entertaining and fun way that sounds delightful um but yeah with like good credentials and like you know good references for things yeah so love her and so i did buy the boat and it's actually really good okay so far I literally so was far. looking at it yesterday and almost bought it because i had to go pick up um i'm sure our listeners know already about laura olympus but i do love it i love that cover art you've um, yeah, shown you've show volume three yeah You've, sh- you've shown me the other books that you've gotten from from that yeah. series, too. But I do love that, like, cover art style. Yeah, the artwork style is really cool. Wait, it's a graphic novel? Yeah. It's like, it's like internet comics that are compiled. It's about Hades and Persephone. Love um, that. And this but- is volume three of it. Volume four comes out next or no it comes out in april but no, or no May. I, I, Sorry, I did May. buy this because i heard it was smutty and bisexual i do love bisexual smut i'm sorry uh, sam i'm like well i, I do, just i'm in the I, middle I, of I would a say, mafia romance series for my smut but i did read bridgerton and loved it and i think as a gay man reading straight smut that counts as a little bisexual a hundred percent so you made Bridgerton bisexual by enjoying it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's um, the power of Nick. But no, okay, so I wanted to talk about to some famous Aries. Can we do that? Is that Yes, let's so, so this was something I did have prepared, kind of. Um, so I did want to talk about um the fact that me and Emma Watson, the actress, don't have the same birthday or birthplace even or birth time but we have almost the exact same birth chart oh that's wild so she was born in paris in 1990 okay but she happened to be born in paris in 19 in the exact right part of 1990 to have the exact same birth chart as me basically that's crazy so Aries sun, Sag moon, Virgo rising, which is very different in a very different time of day in Paris than it is in Texas. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're in the same Saturn sign. I know this for a fact. Taurus and Venus, Mars and Cancer. We like. Yeah. I know. Wow. Yeah. No, because I, Guys, I, I'm best friends with Emma Watson. You are best friends with Emma Watson. I'm Emma Watson. Me, I'm Millie. <laughs> Me, I'm Millie. But no, I do kind of love that, like, yeah, you know, kind of being spaced out in time and very much spaced out in place. We have very, very, very similar birth charts. That's amazing. Um, I and- love that. And I would say for anyone wanting to get into astrology, look at your favorite celebrities' birth charts. Like, it will absolutely give you some insight into the craft. It's also really fun. But, you know, if you have a celebrity where you, like, follow their personal life, like, I I mean, I have a lot. But really, anytime I'm, like, watching something... And I'm like liking someone's performance, or it's like someone I don't really know that well. I will absolutely look up their birth chart. Oh yeah, 
I oh, I'm like, I think this person is hot. Let me see if we would be compatible. Well, I mean, yes. Also, we that. all know that's what we're doing. <laughs> but also, um, shout out to someone else who has a couple of placements in common with me and the same birthday, which is Jane Goodall. Okay, you have such cool, like, intellects. Jane Goodall um, has the same sun and moon sign as me. That's so, amazing. Aries, sun, sag, moon. Uh, but her birthday is also April 3rd. Okay, okay. Um, And did you know that she is Saturn in Aquarius as well? Speaking of. I didn't. She's like, she's like the ascent of that, the 1930s cycle of Saturn in Aquarius. That's amazing. Um, So yeah, Jane Goodall, Jane Goodall, just kind of throwing that out there. Um, Starting, starting with the brainy ones. I'm also going to say, supposedly Charlemagne's birthday was April 2nd. Okay. You've got, like, really good ones. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Aries is, like, Aries is determined. Yeah. Yeah. But I think think it's funny that Aries gets so determined when you tell them they can't do something. Yes. Um, Because they will really, they love to spite succeed yes it's spite succeeding because a lot the the stuff that we instigate ourselves oftentimes gets dropped in like the the adhd fashion yeah you're like i'm gonna get really good at tennis and then never play again i mean but you were the best at tennis while you were there yes so you know but but yeah but if someone tells us we can't do something like, and, you know, I'm probably kind of generalizing here, but I would imagine, like, Jane Goodall's journey into academia was not exactly smooth sailing at the time. No. Um, and especially with, like, doing that kind of field work with primates, just, like, this this little skinny white lady going to, like, the wildest parts of Africa to study primate behavior. Like, I'm sure she... I'm sure someone told her she couldn't do that. And she was like, well, I'm about to become the face of this kind of research. Right. You're like, oh, well, because you said that, I'm going to be the best there ever was and rub your fucking face in it forever. Like she was probably just going to go because it was part of her like master's thesis just for the summer or something yeah but because someone was like i don't think you should do that she's like i'm gonna make this my life's work i'm gonna be the best primate behavioralist that ever existed i'm here for it and i think that that's aries energy not that that happened i mean we we've kind of written a play at this point but um i think in my head that's what happened I love it. I like found this website and I'm pulling up um I'm pulling up a list of sun and aries moon and um moon and sag peeps. And Robin Wright is the first name on the list. Oh sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh you know who else though? Paul Rudd. Oh yeah, me and Paul me and Paul Rudd kind of have a have a birth chart thing going on too. Oh, no, here's the best one, Nicholas. Tim Curry. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm like. Of course, me and Tim Curry. You and Tim Tim Curry. Of course, there's Emma Watson. uh, Vince Vaughn. It's a very funny list of people. Let's see. Oh, Samuel Beckett? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No. (laughs) We're out here. You're out here and you're doing good work. Um, America Ferreira, what a queen. Cynthia Nixon, speaking of spite success. Okay, but did you know that half of the cast of Sex and the City, they're both Aries, because Sarah Jessica Parker is famously an Aries son as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like, no wonder that was a difficult set. 
I love you all, but I don't know that I'd want a bunch of you in one place. Oh my god, no. No, you know what? I've never gotten on with other Aries. Isn't that crazy? Like, I love them from afar as celebrities, but... No, I get it. I feel like it's the reason that I... I was talking to Eric about this. I think that there's certain things that are difficult. Like, other Virgos, it's like... It's it's like a mirror of all the things that I don't like about myself. I think that's what it is, is I'm like, I don't want to be confronted with the things that I dislike about myself so regularly. Oh, that that's kind of how I feel about Leos, too. Yeah, except for then your best friend has like a baby Leo stellium. No, 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 no. But no, because it's like Leos are the things I don't necessarily like about myself like they're rocking it they love it the narcissism of it all you know but when I encounter a Leo I'm like oh no you're just doing that like you act on that impulse like wait you're not like holding the shame that feels appropriate about that behavior <laughs> that's that's actually it that's actually it i think aries are much more much more prone to shame than sagittarians or leos well yeah the way that you react about it though is you get angry right well that's kind of i think that's also one of the things with the aries energy is it's like sadness no anger um yeah. confusion no angry anger too. anger Right? If yeah. you're confused about something, you're just mad. Um, really, anything can be channeled as anger. And I think that's beautiful. I do, too. Anger is powerful. Um, also, maybe it is just kind of that Aries thing. And I'm not like Kyle over here chugging a monster and punching a hole in my wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, I don't know, feeling your anger and letting it go feels healthy. I don't... I feel like it's the thing about balance, right? Where when you're too much, like, oh, I never get mad. It's like, that's a problem. Yeah. It's like, that's how you end up with, like, cancer. Like, not to be woo about it, but honestly, like... Well, I and I would say just, like, feeling... Feeling the feeling it rise and fall like a wave and then it being over versus just holding on to it, like that's good for you. Move through it. Move th- I, I feel like that's I mean, it's like, yeah, we're temperamental, but the world is not static. Right. No. So like it's it's the reason that um buildings that are built for earthquake safety sway. Right. It's like the world is not static. You actually do need to be able to react and engage. And you you need to be a little flexible or else you will break in half. And sometimes you're going to be mad. And, and like, yeah, sometimes madness sometimes like being you're going to be mad. Um, I love it. But no, I also, but I do love all of the moon, the moon trine babies. I, you know, I, never met an Aries with a Leo moon although I bet that's a lot <laughs> um you said it, you said it not me I no I said it I said it my sister is a Sag with a Leo moon and that is a lot it's a, oh no we love Morgan because Morgan will say again it goes back to Leo's don't feel shame no Leos don't feel shame. And I envy them that. Yeah. It's a thing that I wish I could embody. But as as much as I have Leo placements, all my Virgo placements make me feel really bad about my Leo sentiments. It's why Eric has said that, like, Elliot from Search Party is a combination of both of us. (laughs) Because Eric's like, some of the things Elliot says are things that I've heard you say, but you only say them to, like, me and Nick. Because you wouldn't say it to, like, the general population. Right, right, right. <laughs> Which is so true. Um, I, I, it's, the, I, it's, the, it's the Virgo-Aries combo, truly. Yeah, it's an excellent combo. Um, a lot of angry tears in that A lot of angry tears. A lot of shame. 
Yeah. Um, but I would say also sometimes it's like that's a form of intimacy. Like when I say truly psychopathic things to you and you're just like, yeah, no. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. I think it's the thing that has made us such good friends is like that there's and I think it's probably that we both also have so much fire in our chart. There's that like edge of the unhinged mm-hmm. that like really you have to if you if you don't get it, we probably seem like psychopaths. But those who get it, get it. Those who get it, get it. I, and I feel like we attract a lot of Aquarius energy, too. Oh, um, yeah. I certainly do. Like, Aquarians love me. Yeah. I mean, my Aquarius ascendant is coming through. Uh, my Nana and my youngest sister were also both Aquarians. So there's a lot of them around. You know, I don't fuck with, um, I don't fuck with male Libras. No. Oh my god, no. Why would you? I don't fuck with, that's like the, I mean, since we already have like an Aries, again, I mean, since we already have the Aries uh, episode from either one or two years ago, again, this is just, uh, this is kind of just astrology takes hour now. It must have been two years ago because April of last year was right after my sister died. Okay, then, yeah, so it must have been two years ago. Um, But no, Libra men, I'm sorry, if you're a Libra man and you listen to this podcast, but I would want to see the chart. I would want to see the rest of the chart. I'd also love to hear how you're different because I'm sure there are good ones. I have not met them. Yeah, I really... Cannot say I've had a positive interaction with a Libra man ever. No. Um, but you know, would... my best friend when I was growing up was a Libra girl. So it's like, oh no, 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 no. Libra, Libra girls are a different breed. Libra girls, Libra girls. Eve, who has co-hosted an episode of this podcast before, um, is a Libra. But Eve is also like, I feel like the embodiment of like a Venusian Libra woman, and I just love that about her oh no absolutely absolutely i love Uh, it so much like i am in awe of it because libra is like venusian energy is so not a natural thing for me that i just like when i was growing up i really envied it and now that i'm an adult i'm like oh no that's so cool it's not what i'm good at but it's so awesome to like see women that do embody that I'm like, I could never be a Jessica Rabbit, but that's okay. Now that I'm a grown up and happy with myself, I just appreciate seeing it. No, it's it's funny when you meet people like that in real life. Yeah. Because, no, true. Shout out to Eve. Um, yeah, shout out to Eve forever. Who, who might be listening. I know that Eve kind of picks and chooses which episode to listen to. Well, this um, would be one, though, because it's your birthday. This would be sode. one because it's my birthday sode. Um, but no, I do, uh, yeah, Venusian people. I also think Taurus men are kind of that, too. Yeah, I mean, my partner with their Taurus ascendant. I get it. It's It's pretty. I really also have to say I love, like, I love a strong Earth person with a big old venus placement oh yeah like that like my partner is a capricorn with a taurus ascendant so it's like a capricorn with a venus ruled chart i'm like yes yes please uh it's a good thing no but y'all's house is so earthy too it really is it's earthy but aesthetic it's well it's gotta be aesthetic yeah i mean duh but yeah, our house is very earthy, also full of plants. Um, but listen, I wanted to do I wanted to do kind of an airy season taroscope for you, Ooh, my friend. Fun, fun, fun. So I was definitely thinking of you when I drew this, and I feel like it's so perfect. So I got the ten of air, which is represented by alfalfa with a scythe. Yeah, the scythe is spooky. It's spooky but cool. So like in the herb crafter tarot. <laughs> Um, I like the way that this tarot is imagined because it it goes through like even in the minor arcana like mini dramas and so like the 10 is kind of like 
the 10 is capping off that last mini drama before you get into like the face cards, right? So this is all about like cards of transition and like a chance to kind of like stop, take in the lessons, fill up your tank before you move on to the next story, right? So like this is reflection on the past like accomplishments and lessons as a way to like fuel future growth. And so the 10 of air, I wanted to read this directly for, for you, Nick, because um, it was so perfect. Take a break and spend some time in reflection to refresh your love of learning, okay. which I love. So like one of the cool things about alfalfa, right? First of all, it's like one of the oldest plants that we've used for like a food and nutrient source. But it's also like you can cut it down, like cut it back with a scythe and it fertilizes the earth as it breaks down. And so that's kind of what this card is about. It's like you have this huge garden of magical knowledge, as we reference in our fucking podcast description. But it's like cut it all back, like take the pieces that are important to you, drop some stuff that's not so you can structure an even better like next cycle and I feel like this is just such a good card to like try to bring that energy into your birthday because this is like your first birthday after our Saturn return has ended. This feels like it's on the verge of a monumental period for you. Like, I feel like you're on like the tipping point of this precipice where big stuff is about to happen. Don't know what that is yet, but it's coming. So I think this is like the perfect time to do that. Like to sit there, revel and all of the stuff that you've learned, all of the amazingness that you are and have accomplished and use that to pick and choose what to lean into as you move into this next cycle. So take what you want and leave the rest is the moral of the story for this card. And I just, I'm, I was excited to draw this for you like right before your birthday. Well, no, I actually, I have some stuff to say actually off camera. Oh, okay. Uh, in in regards to that, so um, <laughs> oh, I'm excited about the regards. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, but no. Um. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to our favorite Aries baby. Emma Watson's fine, but honestly, Nick, you are Emma, one of my Emma, favorite Emma humans. Watson and I have to play each other in each other's biopics i'm down i think that's that's correct <laughs> that's correct um, um nick is one of the best people i'm so glad you were born i'm like i feel hashtag blessed that we were able to reunite once we left the pre-womb lounge we started in the lounge now we're here Started in the lounge, now we're here. On episode 120 of our podcast. Which, you know, that feels right. That feels kind of correct uh, as it, like, being mostly a Zodiac episode. Like, 12, having the number 12 in it. I don't I don't know, there's yeah. something to that. I think there is. I think that this was, like, preordained. And we only got here because we had to miss some episodes along the way because life happened. So it was well, like, that's true, but no, like, but I'm saying it means that things interfered and to this make was it, what make this the 120th episode. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I also just like that. It's like a, a nice, even number too. It's a good thing. And two it's plus good... one is three. And yes. And on so that the numerology note, is there. What do we say? To all of the hot-headed Aries bitches. To all of you beautiful, hot-headed bitches. Blessed be bitches. Fuck you, bitches. <laughs> Goodbye. First glass of Sauvignon Blanc. I mean, hey, it's almost your birthday. It is almost my birthday. Also, do you know whose birthday is today? who internet sensation pedro pascal oh, oh my god of course that little hottie is an aries right 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 um the internet the the internet's father almost has my birthday i mean 
uh, I, I'm like, is he the internet's father or is he, is he the internet's daddy? Uh, well, you know, I, I was using um, father as a replacement for daddy, but... I just feel like clarification here is very important. Right, um, right, right. The use of language to describe Pedro Pascal is very vital. <laughs> it's part. It's part of the culture now, for sure. 